The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good afternoon. Uh, I'll be joined any minute now by Kim Allen, who's going to share the day with me. She's teaching in Los Gatos this morning and making her way here. So we are in the third section of the Eightfold Path, which is the section on mental cultivation. And we're on the second factor, which is mindfulness. So at last we get to the topic of mindfulness. And uh, I'm sure you feel that you've been using this factor all along. How could you engage with speech and action and so forth without some degree of heightened awareness of what was going on with you? So, uh, and of course it's the main practice that we teach here. So I'm sure you're all pretty familiar with the basic idea of mindfulness. When we look at right mindfulness in the context of the path, it's important to remember that that right is referring to for the purpose of deepening wisdom and inner freedom from suffering. Okay? So mindfulness is taught everywhere these days. There's mindfulness taught in the military, mindfulness of business, mindfulness of you name it. Okay? And not, not to say that those aren't helpful, you know, it, it's a skill-enhancing feature. But right mindfulness is focused in a particular way that helps us see our, begin to see our experience and take it apart and see the ways that it contributes to suffering. So um, the sutta on uh, the foundation, the four foundations of mindfulness is sort of the center of our tradition here and how we understand mindfulness. So what we're going to be doing today and in the exercises throughout the month is focusing on some of the specific exercises that the Buddha gave in this sutta on right mindfulness. Okay? So um, it begins with mindfulness of the body. And then there are three more factors that have more to do with the mind that Kim is going to talk about in the second part. So we'll spend the first half of the uh, session today on mindfulness of the body. And the first of the various exercises in mindfulness of the body is mindfulness of breathing, which is the fundamental practice that we often introduce people here to. Now, it's not, maybe for some people it's, there's some problem with mindfulness of breathing. So you probably discovered if you're one of those people by now. But for most people, and you can do whatever your regular practice is, but for most people, mindfulness of breathing is a good way to start. And I'm going to offer the guided meditation for the first part today, exploring one aspect of mindfulness of breathing. But first I just want to read you the complete instructions from this Satipatthana Sutta, which is the four foundations of mindfulness, on mindfulness of breathing, so that we sort of understand the overall process. Mindful, he breathes in. This is a monk. Mindful, he breathes out. Breathing in long, he understands, I breathe in long. Or breathing out long, he understands, I breathe out long. Breathing in short, he understands, I breathe in short. Or breathing out short, he understands, I breathe out short. It's so simple. It's just knowing. Knowing your breathing and something about the quality of that breath. Is it one of those short panting breaths or is it a long breath? 
it's also pointing to, you don't need to manipulate it. It could be any kind of breath that's happening naturally. You just know, let the body do its thing, and you know what's happening. Then he trains thus, I shall breathe in experiencing the whole body. He trains thus, I shall breathe out experiencing the whole body. So first acknowledging that this is a training. It's not something that necessarily comes easy to people. So I hope you're not frustrated by the instructions I'm going to give in the guiding. Just, it's a training and we'll start working with it and see where it goes. So this whole body. When we talk about mindfulness of breathing, it's not just, it's not the air exactly. It's the effect of that natural process on the body that was helpful to slowly begin to tune into. So how does that increase in pressure and decrease in pressure actually touch and affect deeply all the areas of the body, like this internal lubricating massage that goes on in the body? And then finally, he trains thus, I shall breathe in tranquilizing the bodily formations. I shall breathe out tranquilizing the bodily formations. So tranquilizing meaning to relax, right? I'm really um, very happy with Gill's recent way of describing what bodily formations means, which is it's all the ways that we hold tension in the body that are really coming from the mind. Something about our attitude, our experience, our memory. It's, It's something, it's those tension-holding patterns that we have in the body that are closely related to our mental and emotional experience. So those bodily formations, we're trying to relax, right? Relaxing added unnecessary tension that have to do with how you're relating. Okay, so just to give you that idea, what we're going to focus on in the guided meditation is the part about breathing with the whole body. So we'll start out just a little bit of noticing in and out, being aware of in and out, and then I'll guide you into breathing with the whole body. All right, so taking your meditation posture. Taking a moment just to sense your connection with your chair, connection with the ground. Maybe a sense of dropping the center of gravity down into your body. Letting go of thinking as much as you can. And just beginning to simply notice when breathing in is happening and when breathing out is happening. And as you relax around the naturalness of this process, maybe sometimes there's a long breath. Don't have to force it, just notice. Short breaths are fine. Your job is just to know breathing. Short and long are relative, so it's just to pay attention to the quality of the breath, the length of the breath. Just knowing that this is happening, letting your attention come to rest 
on however you sense breathing in and breathing out. Gradually, we'll open up to sensing the effect of this natural breath on different parts of the body. And we'll take it in segments. Turning our attention first to the belly, the lower abdominal area. See if you can notice how the front wall of the belly can be felt, maybe ever so slightly, to rise on the inhalation and fall back in and down on the exhalation. Just opening up your ability to sense whatever slight degree of feeling you can feel as the belly expands and rises and falls back down. Just as a natural result of the breath. you can begin to feel that the lumbar spine area can equally be felt to billow out backwards a little bit. Just gently rocking and moving the lower vertebrae. If these sensations are not available for you to feel, that's perfectly normal in the beginning. So just letting your attention rest in that area and be open to any sensations that might arise. So the sides of the lower torso also swell and reach out slightly. And then rest back. So in fact, maybe the whole abdominal area is expanding in all dimensions like a ball. Maybe you can feel lengthening upward into the solar plexus. Downward into the pelvic cavity. 
just placing your attention gently in the area above the abdomen and below. See if you feel a little motion transferred to those areas from the breath. If you feel you're trying too hard to feel all this, just come back to rest at the end of an out-breath. Remember to relax. Let the breath arise naturally. Just be there for whatever sensations are available. Conscious of the expansion in all dimensions of the abdomen. Relaxing back. And then moving your attention up to the rib cage. Perhaps with an inhalation, you can feel the chest expands. Expanding outward. As the chest expands outward, your upper spine might move backward a little bit. Just this gentle massage on the upper vertebrae as they move in response to the breath. The sides of the rib cage maybe can be felt moving away from each other, out to the sides, very slightly. Maybe the entire chest can be felt to lengthen the up and down direction.
might be able to feel a little bit of motion transferred to the shoulders or even the upper arms with each in-breath. Slightly lifting and separating, coming back to center. Not trying to make this happen, remembering to relax. Just let the breath freely flow, affecting all these areas slightly. The more, the more you can relax them and let it happen. attention to your neck and head, just checking that you're not holding them stiffly, maybe trying too hard to see some of these other things. Even the neck and the head can receive this indirect expansion and relaxing of the breath. It comes in through the nostrils, down the throat. Filling the cavities behind the nose. Just keeping the head and neck loose, relaxed, floating on the shoulders. As the shoulders are floating on the upright spine. Everything being gently massaged, moved a little by this natural movement of the in and out breath. Take a very wide-angle lens and let all these segments blend into a unified whole. As the whole body expands and relaxes back. And you can include in your awareness the base of support they all rest on the pelvis, the legs, the feet, the in-breath 
a flow of energy through the whole body, down from the toes, up to the top of the head. And relaxing with each out-breath. energetic field of the body expands up to the sky, down to the earth, out to the field in front of the body, out to the space of felt presence all around the backs and sides of the body. Just resting and trusting the natural movement, the tide of the breath coming in, going out. All these parts of the body potentially alive, shimmering, Aware from within. Within this field, maybe you can sense the warmth of the heart area, the aliveness of your whole spine. A settledness in the belly. Just being within the body. Being as this field of the body.
As the sitting comes to a close, I invite you to stay with whatever degree of connection you've established with your body. And see if you can notice what happens as we ring the bell, open our eyes. Do you lose touch with something you've connected with during this sitting? Is there a moment when you turn off the body channel and turn on the forward-looking, grasping for information attitude? See if you can notice that and stay settled back, sitting in the back seat of your vehicle here, keeping some connection with the belly, the heart area, the contact with your seat the whole field of felt experience from within. Welcome, Kim. Do you want a Zabatan? I thought you might sit up here. You're welcome to. with yourself somehow. Try to keep connecting through this whole session with being within yourself. So as I said in the beginning, we're now beginning to focus on the skill of mindfulness itself. Deepening that skill So along those lines, the Buddha has suggested a series of exercises and particular areas that it's useful to be mindful of. So I think of this somewhat like an artist who is training to be an artist gets a heightened sensitivity to light and shadow and shape and negative space and tone of color and just begins to see that way, right? Out of training themselves to Pay attention to those aspects of experience. So there are lots of aspects of experience that the Buddha singled out in this mindfulness training sutta that are useful to pay attention to because they're important links in the chain of how we usually unconsciously get caught up in suffering. Okay, so mindfulness of the body. So let's just say a little bit about what is mindfulness. And I must say this is a wonderful exploration for you to make part of your practice because we can throw all the words at it that we can think of. But it's really about getting a feeling for yourself 
of what is presence. When am I present? How clear am I? What is it that I'm seeing when I'm present and ignoring when I'm not present? What's the difference between that moment of being totally off lost in thought and then coming back to presence? Right? So this is a great exploration for you. And that's really what it's about. It's about knowing, it's being awake, that's why we call it waking up, and knowing that you're here now and knowing what's happening. You don't have to have these as exactly concepts that you're always running through your mind. But there's just a difference between, oh, yeah, hmm, you know, here. And then, being lost in thought about yesterday or tomorrow or something. So I think of it as knowing what's happening as it's happening and a little bit of knowing that you know just so that there's some, you know that you're in a good state and that there's some momentum to that awakened state so there's a little bit of heightened intentionality in continuing to stay with what's happening and to receive it in as open and clear a way as possible favoring more input you know, more fresh input and less analysis, commentary, figuring out what to do. You know, just staying with what's next, what's next, what's next. Of course, thoughts about the past and future arise, but everything that happens, happens in the present. You know, so being aware that this is a thought that's happening in the present. In this sutta, the Buddha describes mindfulness in, the, in saying this is how people are when they're mindful ardent, fully aware and mindful having put away covetousness and grief for the world that's how you sit down to practice mindfulness okay so ardent I think of as meaning this is not a kind of yeah yeah checklist kind of detached rote sort of thing you're you're into it you know <laughs> you're bringing some heart into it you're bringing some intentionality into it interest in really see let me really see you know so bringing some interest to it and out of that connection a sort of joy arises that's really the joy of awareness itself you know so inclining to allowing that oh i'm you know i'm here giving giving some ardency to it Fully aware, this is a long process of training what fully aware means. You know, there's often partially aware. We, you know, you're here, but I'm also thinking, what am I going to say next? And, you know, no, no, no. And there's a little low-level commentary. There's a little tendency to distraction. You know, maybe you're, you're kind of absorbed in a particular purpose, like let me really figure out what this pain is or something like that. And so fully aware is just more and more clarity of opening up and letting be what is there, letting it come to you. So it's a long practice, fully aware. Having put away covetousness and grief for the world. Now that's a big, that's, you know, that's the whole practice. (laughs) How do we do that? So I like to think of this as pointing out that this is instructions for a training. You know, so it's not so easy to put all that away, but we can put it aside for the moment When we come to be mindful, we're cultivating awareness of these four foundations of mindfulness that we're going to talk about today. Which means putting aside 
what's in it for me, my relationship to it, do I like it or not like it? All the other agendas, all the reasons why you might be doing this to help the world, whatever your motives are, all that can be put aside in order to cultivate training in a kind of bare mindfulness. All right? So um, these four foundations are learning to direct awareness to these aspects. Here's a quote from the sutta. Bhikkhus, the monks, us, all of us. This is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of Nibbana, namely the four foundations of mindfulness. So that's quite a stirring uh, call to take these seriously. And the four foundations are the body, the feeling tone, mind states, and dhammas, which Gil has been translating as mental processes. So that might seem like an odd assortment of four things to pay attention to. But we'll get into how they're important links in the chain of becoming free internally. And it's also always described in this sutta as to work with the body as a body. So you're mindful of the body as a body. You're mindful of feeling tone as feeling tone and so forth. And that's a very important little phrase. So the body as a body, that's pointing back to that, not adding in, this is my body, this is me, it's a person, it's mine, it's I like it or I don't like it. So the commentary in the sutta says this means the body should be contemplated as such and not one's feelings and ideas and emotions concerning it. It also means the body should be contemplated simply as a body and not as a man, a woman, a self, or a living being. So, you know, I think of this as it's pointing to getting beneath the conceptual level that we have and just going to the direct experience of what is, what is this? What is the body's own experience? The body doesn't know that it's male or female or you or me or anything else. It's a body and it has its own internal sensations that we can be aware of. So we want more and more to open up and give our innate wisdom capacity more and more of a fresh view of what's happening. You know, so it's letting in more, more fresh information and then also creating space for wise attention to arise. So this point, the point of the present moment is where what's really happening right now in the body is happening. And it's where intentions arise and turn into action. So there is a, 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 a nice metaphor for mindfulness in the suttas that's mindfulness is like a gatekeeper in the sense that it sits there at the present moment and is aware of what's coming in and what's about to go out. <laughs> okay. So how this helps, for example, is if you have a little twinge in the body, you're aware, oh, a little twinge. You know, and if you're aware of that, and you can also be aware of the feeling tone that maybe it's unpleasant, 
then with that conscious awareness, it doesn't go right into reactivity. Or if it, an, a tendency to react and, you know, oh, I need to get up and move, you see that outward tendency arise right there. And so you're just watching the input and the output. And this, this gives the maximum chance for your growing sense of wisdom to know what to do. Um, and you can play with the perspective of that role. So sometimes you want a very broad, you know, peripheral vision awareness of everything that might, it's going on in your mind and body and what's happening out there. Sometimes you might, might be important, something is happening that needs your, a closer attention. So there's a couple of other uh, metaphors that talk about that. It's talk about standing on top of the mountain, looking, surveying the whole plane of knowing what's going to happen, knowing what's, what's, what is happening, I mean. And then there's another metaphor of being like very close attention, like a surgeon carefully feeling the body before doing anything. Okay. So, you know, you just play with the natural flow of wide vision, close vision. What's more important? I feel that mindfulness gives us a great feeling of safety because really we're, we're seeing, we're not distracted, we're here and we're seeing what's happening. And sometimes it's appropriate to have a very wide field of view and wide even internally. You know, what is the whole, what state of mind am I in? You know, the whole thing is very wide. Sometimes it's more appropriate to f- focus very narrowly. So mindfulness of the body. This, the body is very central to our whole practice. The Buddha says there is one thing that when cultivated and regularly practiced leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, to mindfulness and clear comprehension, to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now, and to the culmination of wisdom and awakening. And what is that one thing? It is mindfulness centered on the body. There's a famous story about Ananda, who was the Buddha's attendant for most of his life. And after the Buddha died, Ananda realized that at that point, his friend and teacher was mindfulness of the body. So when the Buddha didn't actually appoint a a successor to himself, the practice itself can be your teacher, and in particular, mindfulness of the body. Our deep-seated habits of ignoring the body in order to try to figure out and wrestle with what's going on outside. It's a little bit like, you know, you're standing on the limb of a tree and cutting it off because you're not really paying attention to what your ground is. I see a little bit of, we just had the Earth, Earth Care Festival here this morning and I see a little bit of an analogy with ignoring what's going on with the planet in order to cultivate greater and greater comfort and security. You know, we're ignoring our base. And everything starts in the body. Feelings and sensations start in the body. And then reactivity to those leads to suffering. And the body, over time, this has been quite a vicious circle. And the body has this bodily tension. When we don't notice what's going on in the body, the mind then has to tense up the body in order to drive energy up into the head to think about it. 
and then you don't notice and you get more and more tense and this becomes quite a vicious circle of deep built-in holdings and tensions in the body that we have to break this cycle by including the body in our awareness. So the body practices We've talked about the breath. We worked with the breath practice a little bit. Um, here's a quote from a book I really I highly recommend called Breathing Through the Whole Body by Will Johnson. It's a wonderful book full of inspiration for working with the breath and the body. He says, Everywhere the breath penetrates, every place it touches and presses into, it activates sensations and promotes the release of tension. Like a current in a river confronting a log jam, the force of breath pushes up against tension's walls, gradually dissolving its barriers, turning tension in the body back into shimmer and contraction in the mind back into presence. So the breath is this great entryway of mindfulness into the body. So the next set of exercises in the sutta have to do with maintaining connection with your body in daily life as you go about daily life. The first is the four postures. Sitting, sitting, you know you're sitting. Lying, you know you're lying down. Standing, you know you're standing. Walking, you know you're walking. So it's so simple. If you can just tune in, you know, throughout the day to what is your posture. Even at that very simple level of what I'm sitting sitting, lying, standing, you know. And then you may notice something about your posture. Maybe you're hunched over. Maybe you're, you know, unnecessarily. I often notice when I'm driving the car, I've got this death grip on the steering wheel for no reason, and I can relax. So you can begin to tune into your posture. Then the third practice is the full awareness of whatever you're doing while you're moving around. One acts in full awareness when going forward and returning, when looking ahead and looking away, when flexing and extending your limbs, when wearing your clothes, picking up your dishes. You act in full awareness when eating, drinking, consuming food and tasting. You act in full awareness when defecating and urinating. You act in full awareness when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking and keeping silent. So this is a monastic practice. It's the practice that we do when we're on retreat. And the more you can bring this into your life, it enriches your life. You know, I, I, you can hear these teachings as, oh dear, more and more things I should do. But it's a way of being more present more often. And it's deeply satisfying to really feel your body in action as it's in action. I love doing this with activities like doing the dishes, you know, we really suggest that you find a few things where you can practice simply mindfulness of the body. You know, feeling your hand reach out to open the door. The pleasure of touching different surfaces. You know, you probably bought a lot of clothes because, partly because you like the feel of them, right? How often do you appreciate that? You know, feeling the different textures of things. It's well worth practicing mindfulness of eating for something, you know, next time you make yourself a little something to eat, really appreciating each movement, the tongue, the chewing, the swallowing, see what it's like to really be with that one step at a time, you know, it really enriches your life. 
I find that what helps most for this is to slow down, you know, and really connect with the intentionality of the movement. You know, the feeling, it's, there's something about the flow that, of intention that is the flow through the body. So really, I, yes, you, you mean to reach. You don't just, blah, you know, mean to reach out and pick up that thing and let that feeling flow through your whole arm. I sometimes practice, if I'm doing something like dishes, I just park my awareness in my hands and I try to just stay with my hands as they do whatever they do. Or when I'm walking, I try to just stay with my feet and legs when they're doing whatever they do. And it's very settling and connecting. You can practice with the other senses. You know, taking a walk and spending a few minutes just connecting with hearing, just connecting with smelling here in springtime, connecting with seeing. So those are the practices that we really encourage you to engage in this month. The other couple of practices that are, the other three practices that are in the sutta are very useful for practicing a different kind of perception of the body to help us loosen up our habitual way of perceiving it sort of the whole gestalt as a person, you know. So we're looking at the parts. So there's this exercise where you go through the 32 parts of the body and you really connect with, oh, there's hair, the hair of the head, the hair of the body, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinew, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, intestines, mesentery, contents of the stomach, feces, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, spittle, snot, oil of the joints, and urine. That's a body. That's a body as a body. Right? (laughs) So when we look at another person, this is not you know, not where we go usually. When we think of our own body, this is not where we go. But, so this is often taught as a practice to counteract lust if people are very caught up in lust. This is important for monks not to, to learn some way to put this aside. I find it skillful. I mean, that, you know, it's not a huge problem with me. But what I do find it also skillful for is more like a medical model. You know, I have so much respect. Maybe probably a lot of you are medical professionals, but I have so much respect for EMTs and doctors and nurses and how they can take that look at the body. You know, you don't want a nurse doctor who comes in and just freaks out at the sight of blood, right? So it's <laughs> so it's it's a wise perspective on the body that lets us deal with the truths of aging and illness and old and death much more skillfully to be able to relate to a body as a body in this way. Then um, the next contemplation is more subtle. It's to see the body in terms of the elements, which are traditionally called earth, air, fire, and water. So I don't find it quite so helpful to be always classifying what this is, but to understand that it's referring to this elemental nature of hardness, softness, fluidity, heat, cold, vibration, these are the qualities that when you really tune into a body, you're not really perceiving that 32 list. That's kind of a mental exercise to help you maybe overcome fear or excessive lust. But this elemental, that's what you can really feel when you look at it. You know, you, you don't even feel it as a body. You feel it as these elemental forces when the more you tune into the body, right? And then this in turn connects us 
as a part of all reality. You know, these are the fundamental states of matter, you could say, right? Solids and liquids and gases. and <laughs> So we are that. We are the same as everything else, internally and externally. So this is what we're really sensing when we sense into the body. And then finally, there's a series of contemplations um, of the stages of decomposition of a corpse. And that really goes along with, you know, the medical model of this is what's going to happen. There's a quote from the sutta. This body too is of the same nature. It will be like that. It's not exempt from that fate. So it's a way of coming to grips with the fact that a body is just a body. And it's going to have the fate of all bodies. It's made of the same stuff. It's made of the same stuff as the whole universe. And it's going to come to the fate of all formed things in the universe. And so these contemplations are, you know, maybe more advanced. So I think this month we'll work on just, you know, being in the body in the sense of breath, being in the body in the sense of being with movement throughout the day as much as you can. Okay, I'm running late. I just, I did want to say a little bit about feeling tone, the next, the next foundation. Every, the, this is a mental foundation, and Kim hopefully will say a little more about it. But it's, um, we automatically classify things as either pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. The mind does this. And so it's very, and often it's bodily and sensory input that is so classified. Just automatically. You see something that's pretty, that's ugly. But it's before you get into that uh, level of I like it or I don't like it, and what is it? It's just a, a quick hit of yes or no. Amoeba-like kind of relating to the world, you know. Go to it, get away from it, or ignore it. And so that's a very important foundation to begin to tune into. And it's most easily seen in the body. It can be a little more advanced to see a thought as unpleasant or not or pleasant. But you can pretty easily tune into the fact that somewhere in the body there may be pleasant sensations, unpleasant sensations. And that very subliminal almost perception is the root of reactivity. So that's why it's the second foundation of mindfulness. First you have to get in touch with your body, then you begin to notice this classification of things as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And then, so the more we can unpack these things, the more we get a little space around it, a little more ability for wisdom to come in there. Okay, so we would now like to have a breakout session, but I would also like for this to be a mindfulness of the body exercise. So we are about to change posture, right? So you're aware that you're sitting now, and we're going to come to standing, and just do that as mindfully as you can. Feel, you know, go slow and feel what you can feel. Which muscles are engaged? How many moves are there? Just see what you can feel in standing up, okay? And then let's take a moment in the standing posture. And really feel your feet on the ground, feel the weight, let the whole weight of your body settle into your feet on the ground. 
You might notice little micro-adjustments to keep your balance. You might notice your posture, you slumped over. Sway a little bit front and back, see if you can come to a centered, balanced place. Roll your shoulders back. And then as if we were going to start walking, slowly transfer your weight over to your left foot. And just feel all the pressure, how far up your left leg can you feel the effect of transferring your weight to your left foot. All the little changes. And then noticing also the lightening up in the right foot. And then transferring the weight back the other way to the right foot. Noticing what you can feel in your right foot and leg up to your hip as far up as you can feel the effect of that shift. And the lightness in the left foot And now taking one step forward with the left foot, lifting off the ground, a little moment in space, and then reconnecting with the ground, slowly lowering the foot onto the ground. You might find almost automatically the other foot is lifting up, coming up to join in a new standing position. And then stepping, transferring the weight to the left foot, stepping back with the right foot, transferring the weight back to the right foot, stepping back with the left foot. Okay, so now as mindfully as you can, let's walk over to get in a group of four and mindfully sit down. So we're going to do the style where we go round and round and round with each person putting in one short idea, a sentence or two, and then the next person, okay? So we're just going to go around. And when it's not your turn, see if you can come back into your body and connect with your seating, aware that you're listening. When it is your turn, wouldn't it be great if you could stay in your body and be aware of speaking, okay? So see how that goes? All right. So the question is, how would it help you? What are some of the ways that it might help you to incorporate more bodily awareness in daily life? Okay, so times of day, areas, situations, internal things, anything that comes to mind of how it might be helpful for you to have more bodily awareness in your daily life. And we won't ring a bell until it's over. So just every, you should, we should get into a three go-arounds if everybody just says, offers something. Okay? So if you haven't, if it's not clear who starts, start with the person nearest to me. Okay?
Which group would like to start? Oh, I saw Sarah's hand first. Well, just because I think we had an interesting situation. I think the mic's on. Are you got the blue mic on? We had an interesting situation um, because it was my understanding that we started by listing some benefits to ourselves of being mindful of the body. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it sort of dropped down. I mean, you know, we reversed it to what would help us be mindful of the body. But um, for myself anyway, it seemed that by the time we com- completed the go-rounds, um, I had a picture that it, it goes both ways because <laughs> if you notice you're not mindful of the body and you drop down... Then, let's see, I'm not sure I can say what I saw. Um, Then, I guess it's like the mindfulness of the failure to be mindful of the body Uh facilitates mindfulness of the body. Uh (laughs) And then mindfulness of the body can lead to a sort of reaction if you're mindful of pain or strong hunger and so then you can go you know it seems like a dance like you can yes. go, it can go both ways yes yeah definitely and the question was purposely a little ambiguous so you know i'm not sure what i meant either so whatever you came up with that was interesting to you is fine <laughs> thank you somebody have a hand up Arthur, Arthur does. So as as we went around, um, myself included, I was aware that um, what we were saying were concepts, and they were they were thoughts. Um, they were pointing at something, and but they were not in and of themselves, they were descriptive. They weren't the, um, the, re- the, they weren't the reality of being in the body. They right. were descriptive of the body. Right. Um, and uh, that's the nature of communication, but it's a very separate thing than being in the body or being aware of it. It really is, and that's very important. You know, I mean, we talk about it, we think about how to motivate ourselves and so forth, but it's just a whole different thing to really drop in to the direct experience of being in the body. And that's one of the insights, you know, of insight meditation, is that all the stuff that's going on in the head, and any word you use, anything, is not the same as the direct experience in the body, which is just... You know, conventionally we have words, but they aren't, they can never be really what's going on. That's something that's just changing too fast for words. (laughs) More intimate, more, yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? Did you have one also? No, okay. Anne has one. I noticed that we had uh, lots of very practical ideas of how it would help um, our interaction with each other and and noticing things like that. But I noticed in myself is that I could feel a a small shift in uh, how my attitudes change when I hear. So it's just the tiniest little shift that uh, 
uh, as I, I learn something or that I can uh, uh, it's kind of resonate with, uh, with every little thing that, uh, that uh, my friends say. Yeah. It's really a rich dimension of experience of taking in how to, what's happening landing in us, you know. And just getting more and more subtle about noticing, well, you know, here's how that, here's how that was. Anybody else? For me, um, mindfulness of the body is like a new experience because I'm used to using my head mm-hmm. in the technical world, in the high-tech industry. You know, you don't feel your body. You just use your head. And so it's just, um, it's, I'm curious, you know, not I'm more and more into body awareness. Um, it's still hard when I'm talking to be mindful of my body but then when I was talking to the group, I was trying to be mindful of my body while talking, and I felt, you know, a little tense in my tummy, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like an interesting experience. Yeah, yes, great. Yeah, it's a long, a long journey, a journey to the center, as one, one person put it, or, you know, inward and down, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's have a a shorter break as we can manage. So we're running a little. Well, we're all right. We're about five minutes off. So, you know, 10 minutes. We're all right. 